Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, helping you follow the simple yet profound call of Jesus to go and make disciples. All right, welcome back to the Luminous Podcast. We are on episode 16, and today we have the privilege of hearing from the president of Novo Canada, John Hall. But it's been a while. I haven't seen you guys in a while. How are you guys doing? Well, I mean, I see you every day, Nick, but hey, Danny, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it's great. Great to be together again that the team is back for another episode. I, I think you should have introduced that saying, welcome to episode 16. Welcome to episode 16. Welcome to episode 16, because it's Groundhog Day today. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, gross. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We could cut that right in post edit. <laughs> we could, but we leave all the editing up to him and he leaves oh, okay. all the stuff in it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, doing doing um, well. And, and our first, our first post course episode. Yes. For our listeners who are just joining us as listeners, you may not know that the Luminous podcast corresponds with the Luminous course, and it's just gone through its first inaugural launch, I guess, right? And how's that yeah. been going, you two? Oh, we had a great run through the course and everybody was taking in the podcasts. Good feedback on that. Nick just recently touched base with some of them. I did? Wait, yeah, what? you just Didn't you just have a debrief a oh. week ago with, <laughs> with how the Luminous class went and the people following <laughs> up on it? Yeah, you're right. I did. So it was our it was our first go around using the podcast. Like we've done we've done the training a couple times before, but but we've never had the podcast in place. And people really appreciated the podcast and they appreciate that there's encouragements and and there's hurdles and stuff. And that kind of leads us into what uh, we're going to be talking about today with with John Hall. Before we get there, Nick, I understand that we we've got our very first fan mail. Is that true? Oh, yeah. We wow. have got, uh, <laughs> we, in the past couple months, we've had three emails. So three different people? Three, well, four emails <laughs> from three different people. So oh. first, I'm just going to give a shout out to Doug, our fan, Doug. He just says, Way to go, Doug. Says, thanks for the excellent podcast series, season one. Looking forward to season two. And then there's a special one for you, Jamie. For uh, me. Yes. We had an email from Lisa and Lisa said, hello, Luminous. I am interested in hiring Jamie to come sing that great song she sang <laughs> on episode 14. I think it'd be a <laughs> great hit at my granddaughter's birthday. Didn't, didn't, I sing, say... didn't I sing that with you? And I didn't <laughs> get a call out. You oh, know, this, these, these are the things that we leave the editing to Nick to and he leaves in. That was Zacchaeus yeah. was a wee little man, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, Danny, we could go on the road, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Do but, you, you do birthday parties and such now? You I mean, do... I can now. Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to be famous. That's kind of being famous. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we had two emails from Melissa, who we've mentioned before. So shout and out. And Melissa has been with us from the beginning. And Number really? one original fan. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so she actually emailed back in October and after episode 14 and said that her and her husband, Erwin, had, had gone through the series and loved it. And she said it was simple enough that we think our kids could, could go through it and understand. And so she emailed back in December and said, just want to send you a quick note that we just finished re-listening to the whole Luminous podcast with our children. And we all really enjoyed it. And each of her children, Erwin and Daniela, 
wrote one sort of takeaway or one, one learning that they got from the Luminous podcast. And if that wasn't enough, she also said that this is a great training. And in our Christmas letter to all of our friends and family, we told them about this training and gave them the link to, to listen to it for themselves. She wow. is our biggest promoter. We should, we should yeah. make her a bumper sticker so that she might, she can just put it on her car and tell yeah. everybody. Our that luminous way. evangelist. Yeah. Well, also ambassador. Ambassador. our ambassador, but she's also taken our material and translated it into Spanish. So yeah. some of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. Our first superstar. I'd say she's our luminous superstar. Number one. So yeah. yeah. Listeners, we really love hearing from you. Because, you know, it's like talking into the void over here. So we would love it if you could send us how you're, how this is landing for you, how you're liking our podcasts. And Nick, what's our Luminous email? Hello.luminouspodcast at gmail.com. Great. Okay, so we're about to listen to John Hall. Yes. Nick, can you tell us more? And it was just Nick that got to talk to John. But Nick, do you want to cap, recap for us what we're going to hear? Well, I won't, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave that as a surprise what you're going to hear. But the, actually, this interview with John Hall, the one we're going to hear today, we, we, I talked to him twice, we have two episodes coming out with John Hall. So this first one is simply his personal story of, of how he got into sort of a disciple making ministry mindset or, or lifestyle. And one of the things that I really appreciated about about this interview was was we we weren't I wasn't just talking to someone who was promoting DMM, but it's someone who has gone through all of the joys and struggles of of doing DMM and also transitioning from a more traditional way of thinking about evangelism into a DMM way of thinking about bringing Jesus to others. And it's great. And so we got we got some really good stuff coming up. I'm excited for everyone to hear. I just I do have to say though, that I did make a rookie mistake. And so we were, John and I were sitting around my kitchen table and we had the, the mic in front of us and, and John was wearing a noisy jacket. <laughs> I didn't ask him to take it off beforehand. Oh, no. So you can hear like the fabric moving around and that kind of stuff. So apologies for that, that, that bad audio, but it's a great interview anyhow. Well, let's get to it. Okay, see you on the other side. Well, I'm happy to be here with John Hall. John, it's great to have you on the Luminous Podcast today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yes. Why don't you just take a moment to introduce yourselves to, to our listeners? Like, who, who are you? What, what are you doing? What do you do? Yeah. So, I am a longtime Richmond resident, so I guess that makes Nick and I neighbors. And I am the recently added Novo Canada president. And so Novo has been around in Canada for a while. It's in the States and there are a number of international partners. It used to be Church Resource Ministries. And so as Novo president, I really am trying to do two things. I'm starting gospel movements myself. I'm trying to, to initiate gospel movements here in Canada through my own personal contacts. So basically I'm a missionary. And then I also have the responsibilities of running Novo Canada and, and trying to coach and be a catalyst for gospel movements in the rest of the country. Great. 
now, I, like you and I have known each other for several years now, so mm-hmm. I, I know a bit of your personal journey into this position. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can share. So, so Novo Canada is really connected with sort of the disciple making ministry movement, right? Correct. And just share how, when we first met, you weren't doing DMM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were doing other things, and so. Maybe you can just talk a little bit about about your journey into DMM kind of ministry. What what attracted to you to it? Why did you decide to leave your other job and pursue this? Yeah. So when we first met, I was leading Mission Central. And so Mission Central grew out of a missions conference called Missions Fest Vancouver. And over the years, our main role never really changed, but... Our main role was to help raise awareness of mission and encourage people to participate in mission. And so when we changed the organization to Mission Central, we felt like there was a shift to try to be a year-round ministry instead of an event on the calendar. And so that was my main focus while I was working with Mission Central. I also shifted the understanding of mission a little bit. We started to focus a lot more on mission from the perspective of the Missio Dei. So mission is God's mission, and we participate in mission with God. And that that's a big shift for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people look at mission as an activity. And really, I draw inspiration for mission from the Great Commission, the intersection of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. So... Go into all the world and make disciples and love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so, yeah, it, it, for me, mission is, is quite broad. It's holistic, but it includes everybody. And so I think telling people that, hey, God's desire is for you to actually participate in his mission with your gifts and talents was new for a lot of people to hear. And, yeah. and so how did that lead to to DMM well every year we had a theme for the conference and over the years I started in 2015 but the theme had already been set for the year so the next year I started to pray and ask the Lord what our theme should be and I found that God was leading us on this journey of understanding Um, his desire for discipleship and a fuller understanding of what the gospel is than the gospel is that Jesus died for your sins. Like there's a, there's more of a story to tell than, than just Jesus died for your sins. And so as God had us on this journey of discovery, I realized that there was a crisis in Canada, particularly of discipleship. We were not making disciples who made disciples. And so I started to look at disciple-making movements. And and I was really inspired by what I was learning. And so I had the power in that role to invite people to do seminars and and workshops. And so I started to be a proponent of disciple-making movements in my role at Mission Central and and brought in a whole bunch of different speakers like Ying Kai who formulated T for T and 
and mm-hmm. different disciple makers. Wow. You, you said something really interesting. You said a lot of people see missions as an activity, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm assuming you mean like, like an addendum to their life with, Correct. with, with Christ. So how did the sort of the journey into disciple making ministry take you out of that idea of missions as a as an addendum or a separate activity that you tack on to your your life with Christ? Well, I think it it, it evolved over time, but one year we did a, a conference on what it means to be a disciple and realized that our definitions were getting shorter and shorter of what a disciple is. And so eventually we landed on a disciple is a person who hears and obeys Jesus. <laughs> That's our definition too. <laughs> I <Same> mean, <laughs> almost the same, almost identical. You, you can't get really much more condensed than that. And so, you know, that, that leads you to strip away a lot of things and so the the there is a machine like there's an economy to mission in the north american context you know all the mission agencies the way the church operates the way the church like a like a local worshiping community on a sunday morning the way that gathering views mission and and segments it and honestly i think Part of the challenge was that in order to raise funds, a person needed the professional designation as missionary in order to actually be able to do the work that God called them to do. So it was, yeah, there's a certain expediency to the whole process. When you boil everything down to, I am a disciple of Jesus and I hear and obey him, and that, that just makes things really simple. If Jesus asks you to go to Sudan, you go to Sudan, you know, like... Now, there's horror stories of missionaries going without any support, certainly. And we've learned a lot about, about how to support missionaries well over the years. But I think we've also done a lot to cripple the culture of being a radical disciple of Jesus. Mm. That's a very powerful phrase, cripple the culture. Can you unpack that a little bit? Sure. So if everybody needs a degree and a mission organization to be a missionary under, um, and they, uh, they actually haven't ever taken steps to make disciples here in Canada, or use their gifts because not everybody is when we say make disciples a lot of people think okay well i have to be an evangelist in order to go out and find a person who doesn't know jesus introduce them to jesus and then and then attach them to a local worshiping community a local church and that's just not true i mean there's pe- people have such a variety of gifts that it's it's mind-blowing really when you think about it and I, I think everybody just has to use their gifts well. That story of the talents in Scripture, you know, just use what you've got. Use it to God's glory, to the best of your ability. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's crippling when we're, we're told that really to be 
uh, a good Christian in Canada means that I show up at church on a Sunday morning, serve coffee or greet people at the door, and maybe go to a Bible study or a small group during the week. And, and that's the extent of my hmm. what, what's required of me as a Christian. We need, I think, to get in line with God's purposes, God's mission in the world, which is to redeem and reconcile all creation to himself. And, and to really um, do that and do it well, we have, to, we have to have a better culture of releasing people into ministry. Hmm. Wow, there's like there's just so much to unpack in that right there. And I want to come back to that. But before, before we get too far down that road, I do want to ask, like, now that you've been involved in sort of DMM things for a few years now, how is the DMM life going? Like, how's the disciple-making life going? What are, what are sort of your celebrations? What are your frustrations about the last few years? Yeah. So, in practice, I've been a DMM practitioner since March. That's when I finished my position with Mission Central. And so... I've been, and it's not just me, my wife and I have been exploring what our missional space is. And so we've been asking God, God, how would you have us interact with our community? Because after nine years of ministry, primarily to the church, I came away not having any non-Christian friends. Mm -hmm. So that's our starting point is how do we de develop authentic relationship with people who don't know Jesus? And for a, what, how old am I? It, it, like, am I a late middle age? <laughs> Anyways, I'll I'm, middle, that I'll, I'll, I'm middle aged. And <laughs> yeah, for a middle aged white guy, you know, like that's not super easy. If I didn't grow up here in, in this area, and so my, my young adulthood friends that, that I felt close to don't live near me. There aren't any natural connections. And I didn't really have any hobbies or anything. So all of that has to start back up. And, and so from that perspective, it's, it's really slow. Disciple making is slow. Mm. If, if you're not going slow, you're probably not loving the people around you. Well, that's good. So, you know, you, put that you, on a t-shirt. You could. <laughs> you you can't compromise that, and so that that that's a bit hard. But God's been good, you know. Like there's been some openings into into things that have surprised us. I have an interest in woodworking, and I wanted to build a boat. So, I I started praying about that and. And thinking, what would that look like? And I met a neighbor who was giving away a whole bunch of wood. And his father used to be a boat builder here in, in Steveston. And so in the process of asking him if I could have the wood, he told me about this organization called the Men's Shed. And so I've started to connect with the Men's Shed. And it's a secular organization, which is great. But they are a bunch of guys who gather together and, and do stuff, practical things with their hands and... And we get a chance to talk about how we're doing as human beings. Hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to developing relationships and, and hopefully build my boat. And hmm. so I, I think that that's kind of fun. We're praying a lot more, which is good. 
so we've started a prayer walk and we're, we're I'm going to try and integrate the use of this prayer walking app so I can start to to cover Richmond and uh, yeah you know we're just interceding for God to move trying to find out who our partners are in movements here in Richmond and praying that God would actually raise up a missionary team because we feel that we need to work as a team like God in in the New Testament sent people out two by two and Paul had a Paul had a team and so I'm I'm praying that God would raise up a missionary team as well so that we have people that we can work with and people who have the the same heart because not everybody is a pioneer and and we're trying to pioneer something and so we need people who are comfortable in that environment it it means not having as much of a support network as as you might find in in a local church or with a traditional missionary organization so yeah. mm. so if i hear you correctly the sort of i don't know if the right term would be frustration but one of the one of the things you've encountered that is taking a lot of time is just like building up building up friendships with with having been in sort of the christian bubble for so long yeah coming out of that bubble and starting to once again build up friendships with people who don't know jesus is i mean you can't bring jesus to people you know unless you're around people right yeah that's right yeah. yeah and there's a certain tension there because we want to be catalysts for the development of missionary teams across the country but right now, I, I really feel, I feel peace about focusing here on Richmond and, and, and seeing what God can do in terms of my own community and, and seeing gospel movements start. That's great. Okay, so I, I'd like to circle back to something we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. And so this idea, so a lot of the, a lot of the people who listen to the Luminous podcast or are, have taken the Luminous training are people who are involved in that sort of traditional or you know the legacy church mm-hmm. setting, right? They they go to church on a Sunday morning. They really enjoy their Christian community. They enjoy going to church. They're not they're not looking to be like torn out of community, torn out of church. But at the same time, they have this growing heart to bring Jesus to others, mm-hmm. and 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 they're realizing that sort of the ways that they have. Um, the ways they may have learned over the past 10, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. however long they've been in church, are, are not as uh, effective today as they may have been if they ever were, you know, that that effective. So so they are part of a legacy church, but they do want to, they, they're attracted to the idea of disciple making and bringing Jesus to others. So what advice or suggestions would you have for someone who attends a typical church Mm -hmm. but also wants to develop so really two basic things i think the first thing is that we need to develop a a go-to mentality Mm. and what i mean by that is it's it's super easy and very common when you meet somebody who doesn't know Jesus, to say to them, hey, why don't you come to my church? <laughs> yes. And, uh, but really, if you do that, what you're doing is dropping them into a void of, of discipleship. So you, I certainly wasn't aware of how I could bring somebody to my legacy church and then have them set on a path of discipleship. 
And I think more and more pastors are acknowledging that the sermon on a Sunday morning is not discipleship. Mm-hmm. So what is going to happen to that person in order that, that, that allows them to meet Christ and then grow in Christ? And so turning that around, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I would say that we need to be equipped as people who can go to people who don't know Jesus and then introduce them to Jesus in their context and help them to introduce their social networks and spheres of influence to Jesus as well. And there's never a person who is more excited to share the gospel than a person who has met Jesus for the first time. Hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's an energy, there's a dynamic that, that, we really need to take advantage of, but it needs to be in context and in the cultural setting of that person. Because if you pull them out of that setting into church, all that enthusiasm goes into the established legacy church rather than into their the sphere of influence in the world. Yeah, that's oh, Okay, yeah. yeah. And so the second thing that I would have to say about being a disciple maker, so first... Let's be go-to people. Mm-hmm. Go to the people who don't know Jesus. Second thing is, let's use tools that are simple and re- reproducible. Mm-hmm. And so I just met a guy who is a coach of coaches in the DMM world. And we were in Uganda together for the Novo Conext meeting, which is the international leaders meeting. And he did a, he did a workshop for us on identifying and raising up apostolic leaders. And the first thing he said was, I don't use PowerPoint and I don't use handouts. I never have, I never will, because it's not reproducible. And so everything that he does, he coaches in such a simple way that regardless of how far out in the bush you are, uh, and regardless of your tools, you, you can take the idea and reproduce it. And so that's why we like the Discovery Bible Study is because it's, it's so simple. It's just relying on Scripture and the Holy Spirit to speak to a person's life. And really, it's an obedience-based tool. So as you read Scripture, you ask, what does this Scripture have? Tell me about God. Tell me about man. And what am I supposed to do with it? And who am I going to tell? And and that's a discovery Bible study. And, mm-hmm. and so anybody can do it. You can do it anywhere. And the exciting thing is that we know from the testimony of DMM practitioners around the world that they see people who don't know Jesus using this tool and starting movements even before they've come to Christ. Yeah, I this is... I'm so glad you're saying these things. It's very, I think it's very affirming for us, like with, with, with Luminous, because it's like, you just seem to be sort of reiterating all the key points that we hit on in the training from, from the definition of disciple, which for us is like a person who listens to and obeys Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, um, but the idea, like we, we teach the, the, the DBS, the Discovery Bible Study, is a tool, and, and the simplicity, and and make sure it's like reproducible. Like you, when we go out and we think of 
you know, bringing Jesus to others, we often think of, oh, I got to plant a church and that means I need, you know, I need money and I need a building and I need people and I need this and that. And it, it's not reproducible. No. And, and so it, it just feels, it feels good to hear someone as wise as you to be saying <laughs> the same things that we've been saying throughout the whole training. <laughs> oh, that is good. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. So maybe one last question. So for people that are listening today and maybe hearing this and maybe feeling a bit inspired or, or like they want to move forward in their journey of bringing Jesus to others, what is one practical step a person can take this week mm-hmm. to grow as a disciple maker? Okay. I got to give you two. Okay. Two All is right. good. So, so two steps. Is the it first... an either or thing or both and? Both and. Okay. So the first part is you've got to have a, a time of intimacy with Jesus mm. in your life. Everything that we're talking about grows out of intimacy with Jesus. You, you, you can't be a disciple maker. You can't introduce people to Jesus if you don't know him yourself. So you, you've got to spend time with him. Spend time in the word. Spend time in prayer. Uh, spend time listening to the voice of Jesus. Um, disciple making is a spiritual exercise. It is hearing and obeying. So the hearing part is a spiritual exercise, as is the obedience, because the Holy Spirit empowers us to obey. So, so that, that's the first thing. We just really have to land on intimacy as the key. The second part would be, also in the, in the stream of praying, would be choose four people in your life who don't know Jesus and start to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And pray for them for five or six weeks that they would encounter Jesus. And during that five or six weeks, look for opportunities to have a spiritual conversation with them. It doesn't mean that you have to you know, dive into the four spiritual laws or anything like that. It's, it's just have a spiritual conversation. Can you define what that might be? We, we talk about it as well in, mm-hmm. in Luminous, but like just for yourself, what, how would you define a spiritual conversation? So I, I would say, um, you know, you, you can initiate it with a question like, so, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, what are your beliefs? And get them to start to talk to you about where their faith is at. And that, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is maybe identify an area in their life that you notice they've been struggling and just come alongside them, be an encouragement and offer a blessing. Now, blessing is an often overlooked tool of the Christian life, but as disciples of Jesus, we have authority and a power to to bless people. And so you could just say, can I, can I bless you and, and bless them in the opposite of how they're they're doing so if they've been kind of depressed you know bless them with light and peace and and hope mm. in their life and, and that can be a, a really simple way that's non-threatening and mm-hmm. and most often well received that's great and I, I would probably just want to add like for the first question you said about hey you know that i'm a christian what are your spiritual beliefs mm-hmm. um that at the end of that 
we're not there to try and correct them, change them. We're just there to, to listen and, and thank them for sharing that with us. We, yeah. don't, we don't need to jump into like, well, this is where you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> not, uh, it's not a doorway to apologetics. Right. Um, yeah. You know, as we pray for people, uh, you know, I believe that the Holy Spirit will start to stir things up in, in people. And, and if they see your life is, is different, they'll ask questions. I think there is a time and a place for sharing more about the gospel, but it doesn't have to be our go-to every time. Okay. Yeah. Great. So the two practical steps, the both and steps, number one is intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. However that looks for, for, for in each individual listener's life. Yeah. And then step two would be to begin to pray for the people in your life who don't know Jesus and at the same time look for opportunities to bless them or to have a spiritual conversation with them in some yeah. way. Yeah. Just before we go, where can if if where can listeners get a hold of you or if they want to support you in some way? Do you have do you have a social media? Do you have a place where they can can look you up? They can visit the Novo Canada website, so it's novocanada.org. And they can get contact information from that website. And we don't have social media. Thanks. Yeah, my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you. And I'm sure the listeners will have heard this already, but this is just the first half of an interview. So it's great just to hear your background. And then in the second half of this interview, which will be in a separate podcast, we're going to dive really into a key area in a disciple maker's life the area of authority and i'm so excited about that so thank you uh, for being here and we'll I'm looking forward to the next interview thank you okay thank you to nick and john for uh, that amazing conversation there's so much in there that i think deserves our discussion what stood out to you most of all either one of you why don't yeah, we start I danny Sure. I, I mean, just because I, 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 you were there, Nick, but as I was listening to it, I, I was affirmed in how somebody independent of anything we're doing in Luminous was walking down the same road and how many of the same principles came up. And Nick, I think you made mention of that during the podcast, but I would just reiterate again that it, it's always encouraging when you're challenging yourself to think in a different way and then to find out somebody, especially somebody of the caliber of John in his leadership, and the things that he has done and accomplished in his life to be walking the same journey, discovering and, and affirming the same principles that we've been looking at here. Awesome. Yeah. It was almost like he went through our training manual. <laughs> yeah. And yet yeah. he did not come through the same channels that, that you did Nick or that we've come through here. Yeah. 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 How about you, Jamie? There was lots of things that stood out to me, but one thing that I really, really, that really struck me when he said it's crippling uh, when you were told that to be a good Christian means that you just serve on Sundays, like you, you do the coffee or the greeting, or you go to a midweek Bible study, and that's the extent of life as a Christian. I thought that is something that would be like a record scratch. I imagined a record scratch moment there, because a lot of people listening to that today would be like, what? Yeah. And just I just think that in this conversation, he was just inspiring us that there is more that we are called to be missionaries wherever we are in whatever sphere of influence we are. I just, I just really liked how he had, how he said that. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a, a great quote. I wrote it down, done a lot to cripple the culture of being a radical disciple of Jesus. Mm. And, and I, I, 
I think in light of what we've been teaching, we're trying to to revive the con the greater concept of discipleship and mission as not just being restricted to missionary going overseas, but reviving the concept of every one of us being a radical disciple and a great missionary. And I think in the context of that, absolutely was a very challenging word, yeah. something we need to take seriously. I I like I like how a couple of things. One, I I just like how he was pulling us away from what he called the North American machine of missions and just the the idea of of what you guys are talking about like it has to be through a church program of some sort it has to be like maybe it's short-term mission trips or whatever it is and he just brought it into this very simple lifestyle of i hear and i obey jesus and as i do that i will be bringing jesus to others so i i love that but the thing the record scratch moment for me and i think i actually mentioned this in the podcast itself i said you could put that on a t-shirt but but when he said disciple making is slow and if you're not going slow you're probably not loving people well that was mm. amazing and and encouraging like i i think for those of us who are kind of launching into this lifestyle of bringing jesus to others in in this way it it can be one where we want quick sort of quick numbers or quick results or whatever but but it, it's got to be slow. And if you're, oh. if you're rushing through it, it's probably more, people are more of an agenda than, than people to be loved and people to be in relationship with. Relationship takes a long time. So I just love that. The yeah, cycle so making so is slow. What's the t-shirt then, Nick? Is it go slow, love well? Yeah, sure. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking, yeah. It's great to have these little short quotes that stand it out to us, but that is so true. Yeah. yeah. He, he had a, he had a lot in there and so much of it repeated and affirmed different statements that we've made. Um, and I was thinking about some of his creative stuff too, where he said, develop a go-to mentality. I think you had asked him, what's something we can, what can we do right now that we want to move into missions? And he said, develop a go-to mentality. And I think we spent a lot of time on Luminous teaching already in that, but mm -hmm. I think he's, it was just so right. Get out there. Yeah. And for him, I liked how he was like, well, I want to be in my community. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, praying for them, but he, he just found something of his own interest and just began to seek out that interest because yeah. it, it brought out natural relationships, like his boat building and th those guys. Yeah. I thought that was really, that was neat too. So it's just like, it just makes a disciple of Christ is being just a missionary wherever you are in the life that you're already living. I like that. Yeah. And as, as a tech guy, I, I loved uh, his statement about the uh, apostolic guy who was leading and trying to reproduce leaders and doesn't use PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. He really took that idea of make it reproducible, which we talk about a lot luminous, but even into this kind of crazy idea of I don't even use PowerPoint because I, I want it to be reproducible. And yeah. he felt like if I use technology like PowerPoint, it's going to be too difficult to reproduce it. That was pretty radical. And it, it made me think how how deep do we go and push ourselves to ensure that we're keeping it simple? Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was a good reminder. And I think when you don't keep it simple, then it requires a leader or a pastor or something. It can't just be like any ordinary person leading something if it's so complicated. So yeah. Or, or even, yeah. even the fact that it takes so much energy. Yeah. And you don't want to do it because you think, Oh, then I got to get my PowerPoint, find a computer. I got to do this, but he just made it so simple that I just get out and do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I have a question for, for the two of you. So one of the things that 
that John said at the very, very end was like, when I said, how can we, how can a person, what's a practical step that they can start today? He said, one of the things he said was get, find four people or think of four people to pray for and start looking, start praying for those four people who don't know Jesus and look for opportunities to serve them or love them in, in some way. So obviously that's gotta be people that's in our sphere in some way, people that we're encountering, if we're going to be looking for opportunities to, to serve and to, to love them. So what I was thinking was, what if, I mean, we're asking people to do these things. What if we did this? What if we did this mm -hmm. for like a month or, or two months or something, and then report it back in a future episode, referring back to episode 16 and said, Hey, prayed for these four people. And I looked for opportunities to serve. And this is what God did through that. I like idea. that challenge, Nick. I'll take it. Yeah. He also said there that what you could also do is like look for ways to bless them and serve them, but also to look for a way to have um, a spiritual conversation. And so for that kind of relationship, it should be somebody then that you're already in relationship with so that you can go into these deeper levels. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're going to do that. So I've already yeah. started a to-do on my to-do list, pray for these four, and I'm going to write the four names in. Yeah, and then we're going to check back and be accountable to a live audience. Yeah, um, and to what this experiment discovered. But I like what you said, Jamie. We better make sure that it's reasonable. It's like praying for somebody who lives on the other side of the world that we maybe don't ever connect with. Might not be the right person. Maybe it yeah. should be a neighbor or somebody that we might have the opportunity to have connection to. That's, that's okay. Good. So today is February second, Groundhog Day. As Groundhog mentioned Day. before, Groundhog yes. Day. Groundhog yes. Day. <laughs> um, so when, how, what do we want to do this for? Should we say to the end of March or should we say to the end of February? What I do think you guys 30 think? days is good. Sure. It's okay. A 30 day okay. thing. So that might be two podcasts from now then or something like that. Cause it might yeah. not be. Yeah. Okay. So I say 30 days. So let's just say March 2nd. So what basically whatever podcast we record next after March 2nd, I'm going to, I'm going to ask us how, how it went. Yeah. Okay. And that was actually okay. something, if I could just add was, was what I liked about what John Hall was doing was that he was a practitioner. Here's a guy who's done a lot. He's not a young guy. He's done a lot over his life and had leadership things. And yet here he is putting himself in a place where he has to learn something new figure out some things. And that was refreshing. It's refreshing to see people that are challenging themselves like we're doing right now to ourselves is let's try this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And Good. That, yep. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Good episode. Great. Yeah. That was a great episode. And uh, I look forward to what's happening in the next one with John Hall. Nick. So yeah, the next, so this one was John sort of just giving his story of how he, he got in onto this path of disciple making. The next one, because he is a practitioner and he is a teacher of this, I, I wanted to do a deep dive with him into the specific area of spiritual authority, because it's something that in, even in our own Luminous training that has come up with a lot of questions. And I'm, I'm just going to say that it was, it was absolutely amazing, the stuff that, was, that stuff he was sharing. So really looking forward to episode 17 in a, in a little while. All right, everyone, we're so grateful for each and every listener. Um, thanks for being with us this far, and we'll see you in episode 17. Bye. Bye. So long.
Well, let's get to it. Okay, see you on the other side. After the podcast outro. Do-do-do, do-do-do.